listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenology club. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello, and welcome back to Talk About It, the official podcast series of Phenomenology Club. I am Buttress, your wise and benevolent host, Hailing to you from New Jerusalem. It has been five or six days since my last upload. And in trying to keep with my promise. Though I didn't make a promise. And what is a promise anyway. But in keeping with what I said I would do. I am uploading. I am here. I am forcing myself to talk about something. Even though I don't feel particularly inspired. Somebody recently asked me if I would do an upload on ways of working and so that is what i've decided to come in here and talk about hello hani ahan i believe the user who asked me to do this upload is maxwell shout out to you maxwell i don't know if you're here today it's kind of early can we fix it yes we fucking can we can fix it that's fucking right we're gonna fix it we're gonna at least die trying fix it or die trying um Hold on, before I look at that question, that loaded question that Ali Issa just posed to me. What was I saying? Fuck! You got me off track. Everybody knows, everybody who's anybody knows, that one of my favorite ways of working is with the aid of amphetamines (laughs) and other stimulants. And I am four months or so now without the use of amphetamines. Can I get some applause i'm in pain i cannot lie to you i'm in pain and i am struggling myself to force myself and find new ways of working even though they really mirror the old ways of working i'm trying to embody my old ways of working with my new physiology that has no amphetamines in my bloodstream and it's difficult it's really difficult Like I said in the other upload, I've been reading. Forcing myself to read when I can't find the stamina to do certain other things. Because I know that one of my struggles right now without stimulants is retraining my brain to basically find pleasure in complex tasks. The way that I'm able to do with amphetamines. It's difficult to find joy and euphoria while trying to execute complex tasks while I feel tired. I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I hate feeling tired. It is my enemy. The feeling of tiredness is my fucking enemy. So I've been trying to stimulate myself with various materials to try to um, 
retrain my brain, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a fucking psychologist. Stop asking questions. But I was reading Simulacra and Simulation, and I found it incredibly difficult. The language of this text is just bleh. Are any of you French? What is up with French people and words? You guys just love words. And the way you put the words together is just so French. And I don't like it. It's so poetic. And blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to think of the quote that I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this right now. <laughs> Something about nostalgia being only realized in the sense of the fucking, I don't know. It was so poetic. I was like, fuck this. I went to Barnes & Noble and I bought a Tractatus, Tractatus Logical Philosophicus. Um, the text by Wittgenstein. I just started reading that today. Because I've never read that text in full. I've read excerpts online. Have you, any of you read that? I find the language much more accessible. Much more straight and to the point And not French. Stop speaking and writing French. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking to me. But yes. All you French people, stop it. Just stop. Maybe if I knew French, you know. Maybe it reads better in French. Uh, every time I've ever read anything by a French philosopher, the translation into English is just so, like, verbiose and poetic. And I feel like this is something people say about the language of French itself, right? That it's so poetic. There's just poetics ingrained in the fucking verbiage itself. I don't fucking know. I, but I'm not French. Maybe I'm French. Fuck. Actually, I've been told I'm French. Um, that long story. I have the Ancestry.com test or whatever, but I don't want to take it because I don't want to be part of these DNA maps that people are building or whatever. Anyway, whatever I'm rambling about, what am I rambling about? Forcing myself to do things amidst my struggle, my pain, the feeling of feeling tired, the feeling of feeling unmotivated. And maybe this is an appropriate time to talk about such things because I know that some of my fellow peers, some of you all, are also having uh, some difficulties in accomplishing tasks. I mean, I've heard from many people that some of us are absolutely thriving in quarantine probably depending on your location and how quarantined you actually are. Some people are being incredibly productive and other people are struggling and other people have the feeling of wanting to be productive but are struggling being productive for various reasons. So let's talk about ways to work. I know many of you are artists. I am also an artiste and this is probably where I have maybe some of the best ideas. Um... How are you guys feeling, first of all, before we get into it? Have you guys been being productive? Do you find you are struggling? What are your favorite ways to work? Let's talk about this. Oh, and also let's talk about the question that Isa posed to me. Uh, they wrote, I don't know if this question is stupid. No stupid questions, Isa. I don't know if this question is stupid, but is art work? What a question. Well, what is work? Oh, God. Are we going to do this? Yes. Let's fucking do it. What's work? Miriam. What is work? I don't have this, the audio router. 
hooked up, so I can't give you the little automated voice pronunciation, but I'll just do it myself. Work. Work. A verb. Intransitive verb. <laughs> to perform work or fulfill duties regularly for wages or salary. Excuse me, Miriam, you're usually better than this. Work. To perform work. Bitch, get out of here. That was 1A. 1B. To perform or carry through a task requiring sustained effort or continuous repeated operations. I'm okay with this definition. I think that that's uh, pretty appropriate for what we're talking about right now. To perform or carry through a task requiring sustained effort or continuous repeated operations. If this is the definition that we're going with, which we are going with it because I have just declared it so, then to answer your question, yes, I would say that art is work. It requires a continued effort or carrying through a task, the task of completing the art that you set out to make, right? I would say art is work. I think the question maybe that underlies this question is, how useful is the work of making art? And that is a whole other question, (laughs) especially right now, you know. I mean, I've talked about it before, but it's like... It's hard for me personally right now to see some value in exerting so much time and energy to complete works of art right now, you know, especially as a person in uh, this country, the United States of Triple K America, you know, where people, all sorts of people become career artists, they become filthy fucking rich off of whatever and uh you get to fucking just make bullshit and get rich off of it i don't know it seems unethical but whatever it is work um you also said i am struggling a lot i want to read so many books but can't start starting is the hardest part isn't that true someone else asked about exercise and this is how i feel about exercise i fucking hate exercise i've been exercising pretty much all of quarantine off and on doing jillian michaels dvds because i know uh from reading that apparently if you lack energy one of the ways to gain energy is to exercise but if you lack the physical energy to start exercising how the fuck you gonna exercise you just gotta force it And once you start doing it, you're like, hey, I'm doing it, you know? That's how I also feel about reading. You'll have a book on the shelf for forever, and the hardest part is picking it up and going right in. To speak of reading, I don't know if you guys do this, but one of my favorite ways to read is to read out loud. This really helps me, especially since pretty much the only thing that I read is philosophy. I don't really have any interest in reading fiction unless it's like five pages or less, like a short story or something. That's fine, you know. I just never have been really into fictional literature, or at least haven't in recent memory. I love to read out loud and to also take notes, you know. And this is something that I think is really important when you're reading philosophy, especially to be taking notes and to reading to be reading slowly and out loud and also articulating back to yourself the arguments that you just read. This is what I was doing today and it was really difficult and I told myself I could not advance in the text until I could speak back to myself a nice little paraphrase of the ideas that I had just read, you know, because with philosophy, especially, I don't know about you guys, but this is part of my 
frustration with a lot of these philosophy enthusiasts and nerds out here, philosophy grad students, philosophy PhDs. I mean, I've said it before, some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my fucking life are philosophy majors. And why would that be? It's so weird, you know, because philosophy is all about being fucking smart, right? So why are so many philosophy people fucking idiots? I think it's partially because philosophy is so kept away from the general public and requires a lot of specific vocabulary, cross-referencing, at least this is how it appears to the general public. There's an entire lexicon of philosophical vocabulary, philosophical thinkers that constitutes all of the philosophical canon, or at least the Western philosophical canon, and you're basically expected, if you immerse yourself in this culture, to know who Kant was, what was Kant about, know the language, know what noumena means, know what this, this and that, you know. And I think a lot of people avoid it for these sorts of reasons. But if you actually get into philosophy and can actually understand the arguments being made by some of these uh, thinkers, thinkers such as Kant and whoever else is always being referenced, you start to realize that a lot of the people that are talking with this incredibly complex language, always dropping big words and shit, they don't know what they're talking about. If you, use, if you ask them to use their own words to simplify the argument and make it into a thing that you could understand, they can't fucking do it. And I think that this has a lot to do with general reading comprehension. I think that a lot of these people see being able to say you read a work of philosophy is more important than actually understanding it you know so I think people just kind of almost speed read not speed read but when you read philosophy you have to read at least for myself I have to read excruciatingly slowly and then I have to read it again like I will read one paragraph five times before advancing to the next paragraph this is fucking work you know so I, I think a lot of people just want to say, oh, I've read Being in Time or I've read uh, Critique of Pure Reason. They just fucking read it. And I feel like they don't even they haven't internalized any of the arguments. They can't paraphrase it. They just memorize the main words, do this or that, and then say whatever, whatever, you know. And this is reflected in the way a lot of philosophy majors talk about shit, you know, like whenever I go on fucking whenever I go on philosophy Twitter, I see people just like making weird takes about Kant and like dismissing him and calling him a moron and shit. And it's like, what you fucking I don't even know where I'm going with this, but that's really important in my opinion. Um, but let's talk about <laughs> this idea that I just kind of alluded to. I think that the hardest part of all work is really formulating a strategy for what you're going to do. Because like, and having a goal, a clear goal, you know, because when it comes to like reading philosophy, like I was just saying, my goal when I read philosophy is to be able to understand and fully comprehend what I'm reading in a way that I could articulate it even back to some of you who may have never read any philosophical text ever. I want to be able to paraphrase the ideas in a way that is clear, concise, and understandable. Because I think that, you know, the importance of philosophy is what it is is what it affords you as an activity you know not some school of hyper specific knowledge so 
this is my goal and this is part of why I spent so much time reading it so fucking slowly and taking notes and looking up words that I encounter that I'm not familiar with and shit like this, you know. I think that a similar approach can be taken for all work, you know. We need a fucking plan. Because I think one of the main obstacles and hindrances to getting shit accomplished in the realm of work is having no plan, having no goal, you know. Aimlessness is so dangerous. Aimlessness is dangerousness, okay? <laughs> and I think about myself when I first started to get into the work of making art specifically. I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I kind of knew what I wanted to do and I wasn't really sure how to do it. So I would come home from my other work, the work that uh, made me money every day and I would just open like Final Cut or Jitter or Max MSP and just kind of do a bunch of aimless bullshit, not exactly knowing what I wanted to do, which I think is an important part of the process. But because I had no goal, I had no ways of achieving a goal, you know. When you have no goal, you can just meander into any direction and do nothing for forever. And paint a fucking picture that you don't really end up feeling any sort of way about, you know. But this is useful too, because I think that... I think that... What was I just saying? <laughs> God! What was I saying? I just read Pete's comment that said, that makes sense you didn't like simulation and simulaca. It reads like fiction at some points. Exactly. It was so poetic. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it because I need to. And I actually really liked a lot of uh, the ideas that he was throwing out at me. But I'm like, dude, I just, my brain, I can't. I need something more straight and to the point, you know, which tractatus is really affording me. I like, I like, I need something straight, matter of fact. Don't bog me down with all your French poetic bullshit, okay? Anyway, what was I saying? God. <laughs> the end is like talking about sci-fi. Interesting. Excited to get there. In a year. <laughs> the book's not even that long. I'm so I'm so slow. Even with Badrat, I have to read each paragraph over and over. And then I'm like, do I even agree with what he's saying? Or what is he saying even founded on, you know? Ugh, God, it's hard. Dylan's talking about Wittgenstein. I'm not that well versed in Wittgenstein. But I think this is basically what his shtick was. That there is too much miscommunication. <laughs> talking about zero limitations. Well, I mean, the Tractatus is basically, like, um, his theory of logic, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I, I'm just starting it. I actually kind of want to start and finish it today, but I don't know if that's possible because, like I said, I'm an avid highlighter and rereader. So, I don't know if that will be possible. <laughs> People are just dropping out of this chat. They're like, what the fuck? See, this is a bad way of working, but I don't give a fuck. Have any of you read this text? We could talk about it for a second. It's basically a theory of logic. 
And uh, I think ultimately what he concludes is that philosophy in and of itself is a futile activity because what philosophy aims to do is capture the totality of everything of the world and the world according to Wittgenstein is made of facts but facts only work in a way that is more singular and individual you know and so like i can never see the totality of the world because the totality of the world is made up of all of these individual axioms that you know work by themselves but but i can't express the totality of everything because the totality of everything is a picture this is my very anecdotal uh ideas on what I think preliminary ideas on what I think Wittgenstein goes into and that's why I, th I believe uh, at the end of the text he basically like delves into mysticism <laughs> and says that uh, he like kind of embraces mysticism I mean he was a Christian right he ended up becoming a Catholic or something and then also at the end of Tractatus he was like I solve philosophy I'm out like get out of here guy uh, but yeah that's fun that's fun um, and part of the reason, uh, well, see, I was, so, this is so stupid. Uh, one of the things I was just doing was looking up some introduction to formal logic videos because I'm reading, starting to read the Wittgenstein text and the introduction by Bertrand Russell. He's referencing specific logicians like Henry Scheffer and talking about specific functions of logic like this thing called the uh, oh fuck I forget what it's called but it's a specific thing that Scheffer came up with that has to do with like the principle of negation like if P is P then P is not Q or some bullshit. I was trying to look this up because I keep encountering all of this like formal logic symbology and all the philosophy i've been reading and i'm like what does this mean i hate having to stop and google like i didn't even know that fx was short for function but these are the sorts of things you have to do okay to try to get back on topic god damn it <laughs> this is so bad maybe i'll do another one because this is just ridiculous i don't care i'm having fun hope you're having fun uh you have to start from what is most foundational, you know, and I was talking about this with Maxwell when Maxwell was asking about coding specifically, you know, so many people just want to get into a thing and just fucking be able to do something just so they could show like I fucking did it, you know, but what good is that? And what good is jumping into a fucking thing and, you know, seeing symbols and f and random like mathematic ideas that you have no idea what the author's talking about but I'm just gonna plow through because then I could say I read the book on my shelf like what are you actually internalizing if you don't know what they're talking about you know anything that you get into ways of working anything that you don't understand you better look it the fuck up and understand it before proceeding this is my main thesis you need to understand what the fuck you're doing and you know I'm a filmmaker among other things, but I focused on film in art school, you know, like one of the things I was most concerned with doing as a film student was trying to understand optics, you know, what 
oh, principles of light and lenses and how it works, how to develop film. I wanted to know what is most foundational about what I'm doing because all of this knowledge will influence me and better my practices when I get into more complex things and even just trying to light a scene nicely. You know, if you understand how light is interacting with celluloid, what kinds of things are happening at the actual material level, then you will have a much better chance of making something that you like because all of these things I think facilitate an element of control and especially as artists I think this is the thing a lot of us desire the most right having good control whether you're a painter a filmmaker a musician we all want to become experts at our very tools so we can make exactly what we want to make because how often do we all have some pure and perfect image picture shadow Wittgenstein in our head of the final product we want to create or at least something sort of we can sort of see it through some sort of hazy mental image we know what we want to make but when we set out to try to make it we can't fucking make it because we lack control of our own materials and how are you going to have control over a material if you don't understand the material so if you're a filmmaker if you use digital shit you better understand what is happening on the most fundamental level. How does a camera work? What is a camera? What kind of technology creates a camera? What are pixels? What kinds of compressions are being used? What is compression? Same with music shit, you know? I know that compressors kind of do this. What do compressors do? If you make music and someone asks you, what's a compressor and you can't answer them? Or what do compressors do? Then you got a fucking problem. You better look it up and see what compressors do. and. As soon as you do, you will be like, wow, actually, now I'm finding that I can do compression better because I know what a fucking compressor is or EQ. I think I said that, you know, understand your tools so you could get that fucking control. And you're not going to understand your tools if you don't start at what is most basic. And this is part of why I'm reading Wittgenstein, you know, because this is kind of what he's doing with the Tractatus. <laughs> trying to actually articulate the schema of logic itself because you know we could go on and on about philosophy like talking about the philosophy of morals the philosophy of ethics the philosophies of virtue and how to treat your fellow man and what is good and what is bad but what Wittgenstein is doing is actually saying well how are we philosophizing period what the fuck is philosophy? What am I doing? I'm creating arguments with words. What are words? And why am I able to create arguments with them? And what is a proposition? And what is a fact? And, 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 is there a subject and an object? Or is the subject and the object both facts? And they're an atomic fucking fact. And then it's molecular. And then holy shit, I made a chart and I'm doing it. And I solved philosophy. Wow. Woo. Dylan says, biggest issue with being a fabricator is clients coming to me and arguing whether or not the thing they want can be made. Ooh, interesting. So are you saying a lot of people come to you, because you make furniture, right? You're saying people come to you and want a thing to be made and you have to tell them, hey, actually, I can't make this thing. Tell us more. That's really interesting, too. And a thing that I think can be better helped if you follow my advice right now and actually understand the materials and gain an element of control of these materials and an understanding 
because control comes with understanding of what's actually possible and then you will actually be able to see you know if the thing you even wanted to achieve was possible and if it's not possible in the way you wanted to achieve it how is it possible or how can I amend it to make it possible maybe by doing something else you know so that's very important Pete Lacan ha 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 I'm not even going there oh god oh god I've never read Lacan, but I know he's got the whole mirror thing, right? He's the mirror guy. I know I have to read some of that. I just don't want to. I don't really have to. I'm not gonna. Fuck it. I'm not gonna. You can't make me. I don't care. I'm not gonna read it. Um, reading up. What are people saying? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, what do you think about people making a living off of stock market trading? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We all have to work, I guess, right? Fuck it. I mean, if you don't, you did. So, whatever. I mean, I think it's it's crazy how we all, uh... You kind of choose a career path when you're young and naive and maybe have an entirely different worldview when you get a little bit older and then you're just kind of stuck in it, especially since we have all these certification programs that cost so much money. It's not like I could just go now and get a degree in computer science, which I understand now might be valuable work that I would enjoy doing because I still have to pay off this fucking useless art degree. And like, I don't want to get into more debt and fuck, you know? Oh, fuck all that. Um, Pete Peterson, you were talking about the symbols and charts and letters, and Lacan does all that shit. It's like word math. Well, all talking is word math, right? And this is part of why I think most people, uh, philosophers, appreciate Wittgenstein and why Bertrand Russell felt that Tractatus was one of the most important works of philosophy he'd ever read, you know? Because we have to talk about what we're doing with our words if we want to do word math. We're doing word math all fucking day long. If we don't actually sit and think about what the fuck is word math and what are we doing and how are we doing it and is this even logically consistent within itself as a closed system, then what are we doing, huh? How do I know I'm doing the best word math if I can't even articulate what word math is? What is word math? What is word math? I have to identify all the individual constituents of my statement, my proposition. How does each one function? Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dylan, they don't understand the basic principles or objective of what they are des designing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't have a plan, you're not doing shit. That's how I feel about working, you know? You need a plan, and this is a strategy, you know? Having a plan is in and of itself strategic. You know you want to accomplish something, how best do I accomplish it? This actually, you know, I think is really relevant to a thing like audio design or trying to make music, you know, something I think about often. I'll like make something that I think sounds nice, maybe just open Ableton, make a beat with no purpose, and then I'll think like, but what do I actually want to do? Is this interesting? No, this sounds nice, but is it interesting? How can I make it interesting? Maybe what would be interesting is if it was more atonal. Maybe it would be more interesting if I incorporated this thing, if I did this. This lyric is not great. I'm going to adjust that. I think 
for all of this shit, the best thing to do is to try to articulate what you're trying to do at every stage of the process, you know, from the very beginning. What is it I want to achieve? Once you start doing it, ask yourself, interrogate yourself constantly. Am I actually working towards my original goal or have I veered off the straight and narrow and gone into bullshit meandering territory, you know? Shit. <clears throat> Dylan says, this is awfully close to Jordan Peterson. What's awfully close to Jordan Peterson? What I'm saying? Doubt it. That man don't have a plan. His plan is to just be Jordan Peterson and annoying. <laughs> Fuck him. What's close to Jordan Peterson? Is this some clean your room bullshit? Have a plan. Blah, 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 blah. I don't understand Jordan Peterson. I can never process his words, says Ali Issa. Well, he's a great example like of what I was talking about earlier. People who seem to have read shit but have zero comprehension of it. I mean, I've heard him talk about like Heidegger and Nietzsche. And he is just saying some bullshit. I mean, I, I don't. I understand that he's influenced some people in positive ways, you know. But like, I just, you know, you have to consider people for... For, uh, for, for the totality. <laughs> the totality of everything, bruh. I was actually thinking about this today when I was reading about Wittgenstein becoming Catholic. And I was like, hmm. I don't know how that makes me feel. Well, I know how it makes me feel. It makes me feel incredibly skeptical of everything he has to say. Because when you're a philosopher, you know, you're expected to have a logically consistent worldview and I would expect that this worldview would carry on into your personal life you know whatever you're writing is probably something you genuinely believe you know so I don't know how to feel about a philosopher that uh, concludes Jesus is the divine son of God that makes me incredibly wary of everything he's ever written you know same goes for like Heidegger who was a Nazi you know it's like well I'm sh I know you have really interesting things to say, but like, I you're a philosopher. You're supposed to have a really interesting and uh, strong, sturdy, conceptual worldview. How am I supposed to feel about finding out you're a fucking Nazi? I feel the same way when I find out you're a fucking Christian. It's not even about the morality of what you're doing. It's that like I I have a hard time not being skeptical of you. But you know, s skepticism is healthy. This is such a Dumb combo. I'm saying nothing. I'll do another one one day when I have clear thoughts. I'm forcing myself, like I said, to come on here and talk. What else is going on? Let's talk about something else. I'm veering off the straight and narrow. This is my way of working today. Give me some topics. What's relevant? What's going on? Let's talk about shit. Art. Making art. Hate it. Stupid. What's the point of making art right now? Dumb. It's fucked up. <laughs> uh art fucking art work work i mean how many americans are unemployed right now like one in five isn't that crazy that means at least one in five jobs are stupid and unnecessary <laughs> isn't that crazy we just need to get rid of all jobs that aren't essential and that would definitely include art you know we don't need no fucking art jobs Master of none, jack of all trades. Talk about that, says Dylan. 
uh, that's definitely uh, something I feel about myself, you know. I feel like I'm good at everything, master at nothing. But we all are, well, not all of us, but, you know, I'm incredibly self-critical. I think I'm pretty decent at many things, so I'm not going to shit on myself too hard right now, you know. I think being a jack-of-all-trades is actually helpful, too, you know, to anything you're trying to do, like... You know, I'm a filmmaker, and as a filmmaker, even getting into, like, some computer coding, even getting into some woodworking, all of these things have, like, benefited my filmmaking practices. I can't say that, like, filmmaking has benefited my woodworking practices, but knowing how to, like, do some work with wood, you know, now I can build sets, I have built sets before, learning all these other things, I think they, they benefit, but you have to, you definitely have to at least have some sort of guided focus, right, you, I'm not just gonna go out and learn fucking Vietnamese, cause I feel like it, you know, I don't think that that would aid me in any way, or benefit me, for any of my other practices, I have no desire to go learn Vietnamese, even though learning Vietnamese would be cool. You know what I'm saying? I think you should at least stay on some, tr whatever you try to learn, dabble in, at least make it relevant to all the other things you dabble in. You know what I'm saying? Pentacles says, art is dead as shit right now. It's unethical to make art right now. <laughs> can't lie i mean i kind of feel the same way i don't think it's unethical to make art you know anymore than i mean if you got free time what are you gonna do like is it more ethical to read maybe actually i mean i think that probably can be argued maybe if you're alone by yourself what is the most uh, ethical use of your time should i read or should i make art I'm sure you can fit both in you know you can make a little art but i i definitely do feel put off going on the internet every day going on to youtube and there's just like 10 new music videos and it's like you click them and they're just talking about like clothes and drugs and whatever i'm like are we in a pandemic or not like what is this and just like getting filthy rich while the world is like burning around us like i don't know how i feel about this spectacle you know at the same time i'm not totally uh averse to the idea that art itself influences culture you know I have been really skeptical of this idea historically but I'm trying to come around and give credence to the idea that art is pretty influential on a personal level and a cultural level and arguably a political level you know I don't think maybe in individual artworks are incredibly influential. I think that that's kind of a lie, you know? People always talk like, I'm going to make a masterpiece and it'll be timeless. Like, how many times has that ever fucking happened? Name one timeless piece of art, you know? The works of art that are considered the most timeless are not really timeless at all because they become staples of art specifically for their time period. Thinking about the Sistine Chapel or David, <laughs> David, whatever, the statue of David. Like, why are these pieces so famous and quote-unquote timeless because of the time they were created? If you created that right now, it would be nothing, you know? So art is incredibly dependent on its context, you know, but I try to think about like film and stuff, you know, or music, like what are the most influential pieces of art and music from the past century, you know, I think it's more the totality of all of them coming out, the trends that you contribute to, you know, like, 
I'm not sure if it'd be accurate to say that one jazz musician was necessarily the one who changed the entire game, though I'm sure there are ones who influenced pretty much everyone in their general sphere, which made the whole trend, the wave take on a certain form, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, I don't know. There's just, it's, it's, I don't know, man. Celebrity is like, celebrity has become kind of repulsive to me you know especially because I think it's a thing many of us desire and I'm skeptical of that desire itself where did it come from this desire to be stand out above the fucking crowd to be remembered to be admired to have people flock around you and love you I think many of us desire that for reasons that are quite reasonable you know I think I desire that to a certain extent but then I think about why I desire it and I go back to art and I think that art poisoned me and made me desire greatness and influence and this and that and why do we desire influence and greatness you know really at the root of it why do we partake in all of these things I think I think I think it is natural to want to be influential and maybe healthy to want to be influential because you do want to influence the human sphere. But I think it might be unhealthy to also marry that desire to desires of personal celebrity. You know, I think that that may be the danger. I think it is good and virtuous to desire to be influential because we want to influence humanity in positive ways, right? Or at least keep it moving in a direction. Well, I don't know if I'd say we're really in a direction. Moving, period. Keep it moving. But, yeah, it's a weird time, you know? It's a really weird time. I don't think it's ever been like this, where so many people are just competing for celebrity status, you know? Because now we know that it's possible. Anybody who has a camera and a computer can become a celebrity, I don't think that's ever really been possible until very recently. So there's definitely a culture being created around this reality, you know, especially in America where basically the only way to have some sort of like, well, mm, you basically have to become absurdly wealthy if you don't want to be poor, you know, because our drop off rate is just extreme. Like you're basically you're generally like lower middle class or you're filthy rich. There's like no in between, you know. So I think I also understand why many people now in the current reality where it's like you can become some crazy celebrity making a ton of money if you just have a camera and a computer and happen to go viral. Uh, I understand why a lot of people aspire for that from a financial perspective, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, dude, money. Money fucks shit up. <clears throat> hmm. Dylan says, I had this discussion with my parents about idols and monuments. Like, why do we need them? You try to convince those around you to not participate and hope they do the same? Hmm. What do you mean by that? But the idols idea, that's interesting. And Badriad was actually talking about this in the text. And this actually pissed me off. Let me grab the book. Hold on. Pete, are you still here? Let's talk about this. <laughs> this pissed me off. Let's go through it because I'm just doing whatever right now.
Okay, I have the book. Simulacra and simulation. Where is this part? He was saying some bullshit. I was just... I didn't understand this part. Let's go through it together. <clears throat> the successive phases of the image. Okay, okay, yeah. Because he's talking about, like, iconoclasts and how... Um, blah, 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 blah. One can see that the iconoclasts, whom one accuses of disdaining and negating images, were those who accorded them their true value, in contrast to the iconolators who only saw reflections in them and were content to venerate a filigree god. On the other hand, one can say that the icon worshippers were the most modern minds, the most adventurous, because in the guise of having God become apparent in the mirror of images, they were already enacting his death and his disappearance and the epiphany of his representations, which perhaps they already knew no longer represented anything, that they were purely a game, but that it was therein the great game lay, knowing also that it is dangerous to unmask images since they dissimulate the fact that there is nothing behind them. Bruh! See, can you see the difficulty in reading Baudrillard? That was one sentence. That one sentence took up the majority of the paragraph. I'm looking at the paragraph, I would say that was 80% of the paragraph, that sentence I just read. I just read two sentences, and the second 80% of it was of one sentence. Baudrillard, goddammit. But he's basically talking about the succession of the images, how the simulation becomes the simulation, because, you know, Baudrillard says that the simulation is that which disguises the fact that it is the truth. The simulation is its own truth. There's this idea, you know, especially uh, as it relates to ideas like the Matrix that, you know, or simulation theory period where people are like, maybe this isn't real. Maybe there's an underlying reality, you know, but... But what if this is a simulation, but it's also real, you know? <laughs> what if, like, everything is, like, real and also not real, you know? Uh, and he talks about the succession of the image and how, basically, the, the image itself has been divorced from representation. That the image doesn't actually represent anything, but people still act as if it does, you know? He says, such would be the successive phases of the image. Number one, it is the reflection of a profound reality. Then, it masks and denatures a profound reality. Then, it masks the absence of a profound reality. Then, it has no relation to any reality whatsoever. It is its own pure simulacrum. And here I underline and said how, because I don't get that. Because, like, to use, let's use David or David. I don't know how you fucking say it, Michelangelo. That was Michelangelo, right? Or, yeah. The sculpture of David, okay? Number one, it is the reflection of a profound reality. I would say that's accurate. The statue of David is a reflection of human anatomy, right? The anatomy that constituted David, or David, you know? It reflects this fact of human anatomy. Then, it masks and denatures a profound reality, which I think is also true. It's almost this idealized version of human anatomy. So, in a sense, it does mask the truth, quote-unquote, of human anatomy itself by externalizing this amazing image uh, made of marble. It's so sleek. There's no flaws or imperfections in his skin. 
skin and even you know what kinds of flaws and imperfections might exist that in a way that we could observe if we were observing his actual human anatomy and presence we can no longer observe because we have this idealized marble sculpture that basically is just kind of referencing the beauties of his human form which in a sense is sort of manipulative, right? It's not really a person. It's a representational image of a person that, in a sense, mass and denatures the reality of anatomical personhood itself. You know what I'm saying? Then, it masks the absence of a profound reality. Hmm. Hmm. See, I don't know how this would relate to the David sculpture. It masks the absence of a profound reality. <sighs> I guess this would be the idea that uh, the statue of David like represents something profound at all. Instead of just being some sort of crude imitation of the human body. I don't know, Baudrillard. You tell me. Because you're losing me. And then this. It has no relation to any reality whatsoever. It is its own pure simulacrum. I don't agree with that. You know. I think everything is representational. But I haven't finished the book. Because I'm over his French poetics for now. I'll get back to you when I'm done with Wittgenstein. I don't know. Alright. 47 minutes. God. This was terrible. I don't care. I'm being so self-deprecatory recently. I was reading today some like Adderall help forums. <laughs> And they said one of the side effects of quitting Adderall uh, is that um, your com your self-confidence plummets. And that made me feel a little better because, I mean, I think I'm always self-deprecatory even when I'm like high out of my mind on uppers. But maybe I'm just feeling especially down on myself. <laughs> so it's just the dress. Pete said, this is why the subjectivity of the speaker's subconscious is so important. He's getting into psychoanalysis. Well, you're getting into psychoanalysis too, aren't you, Pete? Because you just referenced the subconscious. And what the fuck is that? I don't even know if I believe in such a fucking thing. Do you? You guys want to talk about the fucking subconscious? Because we can. Because we can talk about anything. Okay? Personally, don't like the concept of a subconscious. I don't like the concept that's treated as a given a presupposed given this idea that there is your conscious mind and then there's your subconscious mind like what is the subconscious mind constituted of all of this like hidden inaccessible knowledge that you just can't pull out at any time it's like some sort of secret library in the cave of your fucking mind you can't really go down there but someone deep down in there is working and they could pass up a book to you at any given moment and then boop it's in your conscious mind i don't think so sounds nice sounds poetic but that's all it sounds poetic and isn't this the problem with psychoanalysis period it is sort of poetics. <laughs> it's like a fiction created to basically turn things that feel like they could be some sort of neuroscientific truths into something that you can actually like put on a coffee mug or put in a book and feel better. Oh, thanks, Cammy. I feel the same way about you. Love you. <sighs> Influence. 
Phil says, I think the unconscious exists. I don't think it's a treasure trove of secret knowledge, though. Hey, listen, I also think something that could be called the unconscious kinds of kind of exists. But going back to everything I've been saying, you know, I'm not satisfied to just use this word without first articulating what it is we mean by it. Because if you start talking about the subconscious, the unconscious, you can see quickly, depending on how many speakers you're speaking with, that people have all sorts of differing opinions of what this actually means. You know, some people literally believe that the subconscious mind encompasses everything you've ever experienced. You remember everything that's ever happened to you and maybe through hypnosis or any other means you can access this information or maybe even if you can't access it it's there you know you know this thing because you experienced this thing and that has been embedded into your internal inaccessible memory card like i don't think so so before i use such concepts i want to actually articulate what we mean by them but my biggest problem with this use of the conscious versus the unconscious mind is well exactly this you know people don't seem to be able to even delineate the line where they think one ends and the next begins and and based on what a lot of people say, I feel like what they're saying generally and an idea I disagree with is that the conscious mind is the part of yourself that speaks to yourself with language, which I think is absolutely stupid. You know, I don't sit here all damn day and say, OK, I'm at the computer. I'm sitting at the computer. I'm watching a video. I'm comprehending the video. I understand that that's a human figure in the video. The human figure is walking to the window in the video. I know what a window is. I know what a human figure is. I know that I'm watching a video. I know that I'm sitting in a room you know what I'm saying but I'm conscious of all of these hap things happening am I unconscious of the fact I'm sitting in a room am I unconscious of the fact that I recognize all the individual parts of the images being projected to me on the screen through the fucking internet I'm conscious of all these things, but I'm not articulating them back into my head. But people, I think, when you really interrogate them about what the fuck they're talking about, when they talk about the conscious versus the unconscious mind, a lot of people seem to just treat the idea of the conscious mind as the part of yourself that's talking to itself. You know? So fuck that! Pete says, that's why it's hard to see what he means by the marble statues, but I think it's the platonic ideal of language. Well, he wasn't talking about marble statues. That was me. I was just going through his procession of the images and using David as an example. Because, uh, you know, I was trying to see how applicable the idea was to, like, one of the most famous pieces of art. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> Dylan, all narratives are inherently biased. That's right, Dylan. And we know that you're not white. <laughs> Ugh, alright, I'm out of here. This was ridiculous. Anyway, get to work, you filthy fucking animals. Go do something. I don't even know if I've been useful, but I forced myself to do something and I did something. Okay? My plan was to get on here and do an upload in fulfillment of what I said that I would do an upload at least every five to seven days and here I am fulfilling that. At least I had a plan and I executed it, okay? And now I am going to go execute some other plans, okay? Everyone think about what you want to accomplish today, what you want to accomplish in the near future and go fucking work towards it. And if you don't understand what you're doing, sit down and Google it. Fucking Google your shit and know what you're doing. Stop doing stuff that you don't understand. 
you're making videos, you don't feel like you have control over your camera, stop what you're doing, look up some fucking videos about what a camera is and how it fucking works. What is the fucking... What, Dylan? What am I talking about? I manage a Discord? Leave me alone. I do what I want. Everyone give me a thumbs up, please. 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 Um... And fuck it. Bethany Peterson, get out of here. Ugh, I can't stand him. I can't stand it. No, I can't take it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't care what I'm talking about. I wish that I, like, watched... I wish I was up to date on more current happenings so I could talk about that, you know? But I'm not. I don't know. I always just come in here with a dumb little fucking topic and I try to talk about it. I don't fucking care. Just give me a thumbs up. Who cares? Go read a fucking book and hate it. And articulate why you hate it. Or like it. And articulate why you like it. Go read something and then talk about it with yourself. Go have a fight with yourself. Go do something. We're all gonna fucking die soon and with that i wish you well